You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. And if you've ever felt like understanding CBD isn't as easy as one, two, three, or do re me, well, this episode is the place to be. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. Friends, since cutting crap out of my diet, I've had to exile cereal from my bowls. And considering that crunchy life cereal, either plain out of my palm or in a big bowl with skim milk, was my go-to post-school snack for most of my childhood, this has been a travesty. For most of my former unhealthy snacks, I've been able to come up with an updated plant party substitute. Banana ice cream for ice cream ice cream, popcorn with coconut oil instead of popcorn with butter, apples with almond butter or organic peanut butter instead of apples with Jif or Gif. (laughs) I never remember the difference, Gif or Jif. But in all of my time spent prioritizing what goes into my bod, I have not been able to come up with a cereal substitute. And I'm sorry, but cleaner granola ain't the same thing. And the Whole Foods store-bought stuff is really mostly crap. No offense, Whole Foods. So when Catalina Crunch hit me up to inform me of their gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, and thus 100% plant-based crunchy cereal, I called BS. Well, I believe their claims, but I assumed my taste buds would call BS on this stuff being called cereal. But then I tried it, and then I couldn't stop eating it. This cereal, you guys, is the real deal crap cereal replacement. Each of the four flavors, dark chocolate, cinnamon toast, maple waffle, and honey graham are freaking better than the next, or just equally awesome, which is something Jesse equally agrees with, by the way. The cereal hasn't made me feel lousy like super sugary, empty carb cereals are masterful at. And you know me and my plant protein passion— Catalina Crunch has 10 grams of plant protein and 6 grams of fiber per serving to fill you up. It was actually created by a diabetic, so staying low sugar is of the utmost importance, which is why it brilliantly uses monk fruit to tickle your sweet tooth without angering your blood sugar. I really, really hope you try it because why else would I be doing a cereal ad on my podcast if I didn't think this cereal was worthy of you going to www.catalinacrunch.com and using code PARTY10 at checkout to save 10%. I mean, I am telling you that if you love cereal and if you think that having a plant party approved crunchy cereal as good as the olden days to add to your bowls of yogurts, almond milk, or banana ice cream sounds desirable. It is worth you going to CatalinaCrunch.com and using code PARTY10 at checkout to save 10% on this stuff. All right, my friends, snack time. My guest today is as cool as a bottle of CBD oil. Gabe Kennedy is also a plant chef, a nature guy, a remarkably awesome analogy creator, and the brains and soul behind Plant People, a company that's spreading the good word about the power plants can have on the wellness of not just individuals, but of a whole society. 
Sure, Plant People is one of the billion brands boasting the brilliance of CBD these days, but his mission is not just to be a CBD company, rather to showcase using herbs and other plants to make us better. And Gabe is not your average, oh, let me capitalize on this CBD craze kind of guy either. He's the kind of guy who saw through a back fracture injury he got while skiing and used the experience to recognize the value of herbs and hemp. Since then, he's been spreading the good word while using parts of his profits to plant trees throughout the United States. His cause is now to mend people, mend the earth, and connect with both. They say that when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Well, in Gabe's case, make bombs, drops, and lotions, heal others' woes, and replant whole forests while you're at it. Gabe, thank you so much for coming on the Party in My Plants podcast. Thank you for having me. So I first learned of you through your work cooking up plants. You know, you were the culinary director of one of my favorite Get Veggies Quick Spot, Little Beat. And before that, you did a bajillion impressive stuff in the culinary world, like when ABC showed The Taste. You worked at some of the most esteemed restaurants here in New York, including Blue Hill at Stone Barns. Went there for my B-Day. Did the wine tasting. Not a good idea <laughs> with the wine pairing. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot, a lot. And you've cooked for the Clintons, but now you're working with plants in a very different way than with through dinner. It's through CBD. So I'd love for you to share how you went from cooking up plants in a really impressive way to CBD now. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for the, the kind introduction and the kind words. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my background is that of culinary. So I started working in restaurants when I was about 14. Um, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. So I read Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential and like many other people was very inspired to uh, get into the kitchen. So I started cooking. Um, I ended up going to CIA, to the Culinary Institute of America. Um, at that, you know, throughout that experience, I was working at a restaurant called Boulet, which is in New York City. Mm-hmm. And I'd done some staging at, at Blue Hill. So just... So I'm completely honest, I never really worked there, but was fortunate enough to spend a little bit of time in the kitchen and learn. What is staging for someone who doesn't know? You basically work there for free for a few days. <laughs> Got it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what? You were in there. Whatevs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just, you know, in, in the spirit of transparency. So I would say that my, you know, my experience with food has always been rooted in impact and trying to you know, find ways in which I could connect with people and the planet and food is a very amazing medium to do so, right? In my opinion, it's one of the most intimate interactions that we have with uh, the earth and also one of the most intimate interactions that with that we have with each other is around food and oftentimes sitting at a table and being able to share stories and learnings and um, build community and connection. So that has always, you know, impact and, and sort of that mindset has always driven my learning and my decisions. And so I feel really excited to be, you know, all in on plant people after somewhat of a, you know, diverse, um, young career, right? Yeah. Like, but, but right now I feel, I feel really grateful to be laser focused and connected to what I'm doing and really bring to the table a lot of these other you know, diverse experiences that I've had throughout my career to date. That's so fascinating that your passion for food originally stemmed from impact. 
and the connection with the earth and connection with each other. I think that's really unique and special. Is that due to your awesome Colorado upbringing? I feel <laughs> like Colorado would really ground you with, will be one with the world and the earth. Yeah. I mean, it could be. I think that like, as I've, and even the more that I do learn, right, the ways in which we can have profound impact on our environment and our communities is through food and, and wellness and nutrition. And so, um, being able to support agricultural systems that are regenerative education around the importance of those systems around the importance of nutrition and and how food can be really impactful for people living better lives and also, uh, taking care of the planet as we, you know, as we eat. But I, I was a ski racer and I fractured oh. my back and obliterated my disc and oh. it sent me on dealing with my back for about 12 years. And through that experience, I had to problem solve. And so obviously my parents are, are, are pretty with it and were instrumental in my learnings. But what I really resorted to was nutrition at a high level and working to heal my body through what I consumed. Um, largely informed my career as a plant-based chef, uh-huh. uh, herbalism, and cannabis. And so those different levers were, you know, were sort of the cornerstones of my path back to, you know, being able to move and like exercise and do, you know, live live a healthy life. And so I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, that was really sort of uh, imperative in my experience, which has led me to where I am now. And who knows where I'll go in the future, right? Yeah, clearly you are not afraid to pivot, which is rad. <laughs> Gotta love the pivot. Gotta yeah. love the pivot. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that like my, you know, my um, experience has largely been driven by, you know, asking myself, what do I find to be exciting and inspiring? Um, really staying curious and trying to understand, you know, where I can make a difference. Uh, because I, I really believe we're at a moment in history and in a moment within humanity where we have to step up. And like, if I can't step up and I can't, you know, try to assume some responsibility over my actions and leaving this planet in a better place than it is now, then like, who else, you know, who else is going to do it? Yeah. No, that's awesome. I find it really exciting and yeah, just part of the, part of the ride, I guess. So when did this back injury happen? That's so crazy. You were a ski racer. That's the dude that you go basically straight down, but you weave around the um Yeah, flags. it's kind of a stupid sport, if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> you just go let's straight go from down. top to bottom as fast as we can around right. these flags. Yeah, there's a few different. I mean, you know, there's there's downhill, which has like no turns and super G and giant slalom and slalom. And the turns get smaller and smaller. And you end up actually going slower and slower the more you turn. But. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I grew up in Colorado in the mountains. And so like that was, you know, skiing was a pretty um, important part of my young adult life. And it was a great opportunity to get, you know, into the mountains and experience nature and do something I loved. Reflecting on it now, it's pretty funny. Like during the winter, I would I would uh, be able to get out of school a little bit early. So that was a pretty nice excuse. But you mean get out of school early for like race practice? Yeah, like I would, I would load my schedule so that when it wasn't ski season, I would take like a totally full load. And then I would have two off classes during the winter. And I was able to get out of school around like 1230 and go ski. Nice. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty sweet. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and then obviously I got hurt and like it didn't last all that long. So, um, right. 
And so when you got, when you got hurt, I, one of your parents is an herbalist, right? Yeah. So my mom is an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. My father is a chiropractor. Oh my goodness. So I grew up in and out of, out of the clinic. Yeah. In Boulder. It was, it's a pretty um, unique experience. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you (laughs) were born in the nature and both of your parents firmly, clearly believe in the healing, you know, modalities of just what comes, you know, through herbs and, and natural medicine and our body's abilities to heal themselves. So you had no chance of not being into this kind of stuff. That's Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like at risk of sounding a little like cliche, I do feel like I am and I have stepped into like following my bloodline in a really weird way I mean it's it's pretty obvious but you know there's something very comforting in that like it's very familiar to me and very exciting to be able to explore these things that I grew up with and that obviously my parents have you know dedicated a large portion of their life to so it feels really good and inspiring and sort of like the Steve Jobs analogy of connecting the dots backwards, it, mm. it does feel very true for me because outside of just being a chef and cooking, I was fortunate enough to work with uh, a group that had investments in, in a lot of organic food businesses. And so I was able to work in the consumer package good space, the CPG space, developing products for organic food brands and was able to travel to Indonesia to work on a coconut sugar farm. And, wow, cool. Um, you know, a lot of these learnings have really uh, segued into how we've built plan people, how we communicate, how we engage with community, and really where our intentions lie. Okay, so what is plant people? People listening to this mm. podcast about plants yeah. are probably like, <laughs> what is he talking about? What are we talking about here? What is plant people? I know, I know. We can start over if you want. We no. can make it more more punching, <laughs> clear up front. Oh, no. The, we we, we got to hook them up front. No, so Plant People is uh, a business that I started about three years ago with my business partner, Hudson. Um, Our mission is to heal and connect people and the planet through the power of plants. And we do that by creating efficacious products, by leaning into education and supporting regenerative practices. And so um, we create products, but we also view our business as a as an opportunity to educate and grow the industry in an equitable uh, fashion and to assume responsibility over our actions. And so the story of plant people is, you know, from those back surgeries, I was able to find these alternatives. My business partner, friend at the time, Hudson and I were on a hike. We were hearing a lot of people talking about CBD or herbs. People had no idea what it was. They certainly wanted to learn more and had no idea where to get it. And so the entrepreneurial, you know, lights went off in our, in our brain. It was like, listen, I have experience with these things. I know where to find them. I can explain them to people. Uh, it's been a life changer for me. Why don't we share this with our community? And as we began sharing it, it, people really took to it. And, you know, the business just sort of began to grow and grow. And as we were starting off, I would say we're still like in, you know, in the very early years, our goal was always to create efficacious products, right? Products that actually work that celebrate all plants, not just one cannabis or one compound within cannabis, which which is CBD, um, but rather all plants. That's why our name is Plant People, Got and to it. also build a brand that is representative of what we believe is necessary. Uh, you know, kind of doing the right thing and trying to do better. And so, as we began operating, it became very clear that our 
decisions were being filtered through three specific buckets. And the first is efficacy. Um, Mm -hmm. the second is education and the third is regeneration. And so when it comes to building product, you know, we have to deliver an efficacious product, right? It has to work. And so our key to that is looking at the development in three stages. It's plant genetics, like what plants are we actually working with and what innate characteristics do they have? How do we then optimize that through extraction, which is the second kind of component? And then how do we amplify those benefits through formulation, which is the third. So unique plant genetics extracted in a way that optimized their innate characteristics. And then we amplify them through these other formulas that include, you know, inspiration from Ayurveda, from traditional Chinese medicine, from Western herbalism or cannabis. And that has been really effective. And really exciting and and an amazing learning experience to work with these professionals in each one of these, you know, these fields and come up with, you know, innovative solutions. Education is also imperative for us because obviously there's a lot of confusion around cannabis, hemp, marijuana, CBD, etc. With that confusion also comes a lot of pain, also comes a a pretty dark history. And we are standing where we are now with the opportunities that we have because there's been a lot of people who've made a lot of sacrifices and there are still people who are, you know, paying the price. And so how do we, you know, normalize the conversation, destigmatize, um, educate around the positive attributes, but also move towards an industry um, that is more equitable, that addresses the, you know, social justice uh, issues, that addresses the war on drugs and, and you know, mass incarceration that is, is really problematic um, mm-hmm. and, and largely linked to uh, the category that we're dealing with, particularly marijuana, which we don't deal with directly, uh, right? I mean, we're, we're in the legal hemp category. And then regeneration, which is with all of those things said, how do we assume responsibility? So I believe that sustainability and that word should be done away with, right? We are not at a point where we can sustain anything. In my opinion, the world is like, we are careening off an environmental cliff right now. It's our job to actively regenerate the health of our communities, people, and the health of our planet. And so that breaks down into a few sort of practices that we have. The first is supporting regenerative agriculture. Regenerative agriculture is looking at farming as a holistic methodology and being able to support the health of the soil as much as is support the health of the plants. Um, the downstream effects of those farming practices, making sure that you're not compromising watersheds and what have you, and also treating people and animals that interact with the crops uh, with respect uh, as well. We also don't use any plastic, but rather post-consumer aluminum and a mixture of post-consumer and virgin glass in our, in our um, packaging. We don't use, you know, we ship in very small containers so we can minimize like the waste. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't package with any plastic, et cetera. And then we have a partnership with American Forest where we plant a tree for every product that we sell. Um, and those projects are happening in the Northern Rockies and Montana, uh, as well as in, um, the Appalachian mountains, which has really just been completely, you know, devastated from, uh, coal mining. So, you know, all of that is to say, like we've built plant people from a really authentic place and, you know, our intent with it is to build a, you know, impact oriented, uh, business that, you know, that, that means something and that people can interact with and have an experience that is meaningful for them and, and integrate it into their lives in a, in a unique way and then share it with others. 
So this ain't your average CBD company. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. I just learned from that because I feel that CBD has just hit the world, hit the ground running here, and nobody has any idea what it is, what to do, what's hemp, what's CBD. It's every. I mean, my apartment where I am right now in Brooklyn, I'm on top of a CBD store. I, I've never gone in there. Oh, that's so I'm funny. Like, Where are you? I'm on North 3rd Street across from Egg. Got it. I used to live on Metropolitan Berry. So above oh. the, uh, like, well, like we probably like fit, our apartments probably face each other. Um, oh my God, that's so yeah, funny. I live in Anyways. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, right? Like CBD has completely inundated our lives in so yeah. many ways. And I think that like, you know, when someone is, uh, there's a lot to be said there because one, I think just calling it CBD is a misnomer, right? There's so much more than that. It's more than this one compound. Um, people are just starting to wrap their heads around this one compound. Although we're super bullish on these other cannabinoids like CBC, cannabichromine, CBN, cannabinol, CBG, cannabigerol. I mean, like you name it. I can't name any of that. You name it. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it's like, yeah, I'll name it for you. I mean, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. My opinion is like, I don't need it in my toothpaste, in my floss, in my lotion, in my drink, in my water, in my coffee, in my tea, in my, you know, like Soda. it's everywhere. I think yeah. that what our intention has always been and will always be is to hold a lot of space around the true intention of these plants and how can they really integrate into your life in a meaningful way. So that really comes back to like our efficacy component and just making sure that like what we're delivering is authentic and actually works. Yeah, it's out of control. And I typically reject things that come on a scene like that. It's just, it's a huge turnoff for me when I'm seeing CBD soda, CBD candy, CBD, you know, everything. I'm just like, ew, I don't want anything to do with this. It's bullshit. I mean, it's a turnoff for me too, right? Right. Like, I think that that's one of the most challenging parts of doing what we do is because, you know, I go to a party, people are like, oh, Gabe, what's up? Like, this is my friend Gabe. He's the CBD guy. Everyone's a CBD guy right now. I'm emailed by a different CBD brand every single day to do brand partnerships. And I'm just like, stop it. I I definitely believe that. I mean, what my response is, is a part of me dies. (laughs) Part of me is like, no, I'm just kidding. But a part of me is like, well, yes, thank you so much for recognizing a small piece of what we do. Uh And let me me show you what we really do. And it's so much more than that. And so it's funny because I go into like, you know, an interview or a podcast or a conversation. And, you know, I don't have, and maybe you could help me with it, but I don't have an elevator pitch. Mm. You know, like for me, it's so much more than that. It's not capitalizing around this compound. It's not just trying to, you know, get people to buy another thing that they don't actually need. It's, it's about understanding how we can move the conversation. Like, yes, we want to feel better. Yes, we mm-hmm. create solutions to help you feel better. We do that with CBD, but also with many other plants. But the more important thing for me is like assuming responsibility, trying to do better and changing the conversation of wellness to be not so much about individualistic or individual holistic wellness, but rather looking at holistic wellness in the context of the community, in the context of our world. Hmm. And that to me is just a little bit of a pivot. (laughs) And a little bit of a shift Mm -hmm. to make it matter, you know, a little bit more um, to me, you know, as like as a business owner, like I want people to feel well, but at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And the wellness of our communities, the wellness of, you know, the the ecosystem that we live in 
is just as important as how we feel individually. And in fact, if we can feel well individually, it makes it easier to give back to those communities and meaning, you know, us all together. And if the collective experience is better, it promotes wellness of the individual. So yeah, they're not, yeah, you can't really exclusive. separate the two. They do go hand in hand. But I think that what's somewhat problematic about wellness, quote unquote, is it's often very privileged. Yeah. Um, and it often is all about the individual. Mm. So I'm just trying to sort of say like, hey, you know, that's certainly important. And I recognize and acknowledge that. Here's another way of looking at it too. Yeah, that's awesome. Why is CBD just coming on the market like crazy town right now? Like did something, I'm not very well educated on CBD. Did something happen like a law or something that like it's now a thing? Like tell me for somebody like me who has no idea, like why is this happening to us? So, I mean, I think it's a great question and I, and there's no easy answer. I think there's a, a ton of factors. So one is that it's legal, yet it's still cannabis. So there's a little bit of this sex appeal to it, right? It's like a little taboo, but you can still buy it um, uh-huh. legally. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But it doesn't get you high. Let's just say that right now, right? It, it doesn't, doesn't get, you, get high. you high at yeah, all. Yeah. No, it so, get you high. so it's kind of if you're like, ooh, cool, I can buy legal weed. Like, not really. That's not really what you're doing, right? Maybe it would be helpful to just paint the picture of what it actually is. Please. You know, so cannabis is the sort of umbrella term that we use for both hemp and marijuana. The difference between hemp and marijuana is only one compound, which is THC. THC is the compound within cannabis that gets you high. Any plant that contains more than 0.3%, that's 0.3% THC, when it's harvested, is considered marijuana. Anything under 0.3% THC Mm -hmm. is considered hemp. Hemp Mm -hmm. is legal. Marijuana is a state-by-state basis, right? Different conversation. Once we grow those plants... We optimize the genetics to be high in CBD or these minor cannabinoids. Uh, we harvest them, we dry them, and then we extract them. And there's a variety of ways you can extract. Some are clean, some are not. Some are a little bit more dangerous than others, right? We always opt for the, the cleanest extractions. But you end up with this very, like, sort of uh, tar-like oil um, mm-hmm. that would be referred to as a full-spectrum oil. And a full-spectrum hemp oil it contains CBD. It's high in CBD. Okay. But it also contains other cannabinoids, CBN, CBG, CBL, CBC, you name it, I name it, terpenes, yes. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> flavonoids, fats, waxes, right? It's kind of, think of full spectrum as a, a, a beautiful, harmonious symphony playing. Okay. I was thinking a buffet, but I like your, yours is better. Yeah. Symphony's so it's beautiful, like, more beautiful. It's a, it's a symphony. It's, it's, or it's like a beautiful salad. Okay. Then you can refine that and mitigate the THC. You could take the THC out and it becomes broad spectrum. In that process, you have high levels of CBD, but you lose a lot of the other stuff, including THC. So think of that as like just the wind instruments playing or just the lettuce. Oh, nice. Well done with these analogies. Thank you. Then you can put it through another extraction and you get something called an isolate which is only CBD, 999 99.6% pure CBD. Okay. Looks like it's a powder. Oh. Think of that as just a clarinet playing mm-hmm. or taking that lettuce and getting just the chlorophyll out of it. 
Nice. So it is just one compound of this plant. And so that's kind of what I was referring to when I say it's a misnomer because CBD on its own, you know, is not as effective as when it is paired with these other compounds that it naturally is, is occurring with. And so I don't know about you, but like, I'd rather listen to a symphony than a clarinet. I'd rather have a nice salad than a capsule of chlorophyll. Um, that's my philosophy. But when people are talking about CBD, they're only talking about one compound. Why? I'm, I'm like raising my hand. Why would anyone just take out the clarinet? Just, just do the CBD? Like, is that what they're putting in sodas? Like, what's the purpose? Why not do the whole symphony? So I think that like there's there's a few different one. It's it's less expensive for some reason. Uh, you don't have to worry about like more quality. processing. Yeah, you would think. Um, yeah. But it's it's actually not and. Okay. I think there's there's a definitely like a Western medicine mentality, a pharmaceutical mentality that like the more pure something is, the better. Mm-hmm. But we all know like it's better to get your vitamins from eating fruits and vegetables than to take them in isolation. Yeah. And both anecdotally and based in research, you know, the, the research does indicate higher efficacy at lower doses when you're talking about a full spectrum product. But isolate does work. The FDA actually approved a, a pharmaceutical drug called Epidiolex, which is known to, to support like seizures. GW Pharma patented that. It's it and it uses CBD isolate. So there's actually a little bit of gray area and confusion, obviously around the whole category, but isolate specifically because it's used in pharmaceutical applications, and hence why you know there is a lot of pushback from the FDA saying like here's a, a CBD infused brownie because you know, what place does this isolated compound that's being used in pharmaceuticals have in a food product, um, right. you know, in their perspective. So, you know, the, the, the legal landscape is always changing and it is very, you know, gray and sort of innocuous. But, you know, our perspective is like, we believe that we support the FDA, right? No one should be making egregious claims. You know, in my perspective, there should be access to alternatives to pharmaceuticals that are helping people. Uh, those should be made safe and we should protect the, the safety of consumers. But at the end of the day, there should be access, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like Advil, aspirin, all of these drugs, they, they're not regulated by the FDA. But you know, if you were to down a whole bottle of Advil, you would not, you, you could die. Yeah. So yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. It's very yeah. interesting. Always changing. Right. And so what are the perks of CBD? That's cool. Let's yeah, clear so, that up here. <laughs> For sure. I totally digress. But um, so CBD is known to um, support people in their experiences with stress, anxiety, pain, and inflammation predominantly. Uh, Those are kind of like the the main buckets that I like to point to. The way and why it works with the body is that we have a system of receptors in our uh, throughout our body known as the endocannabinoid system. There's two receptors, CB1 and CB2. And cannabinoids, we actually, uh, as humans, produce five of our own, known as endocannabinoids. But cannabinoids are, are found in high amounts in cannabis and also in all plant life. But these compounds interact with that system and really act as regulators. They help support, you know, homeostasis within the body with continued use. It prevents the breakdown of other beneficial compounds in our body, such as anandamide, which is known as the bliss molecule. And over time, that becomes really helpful. So I think it's important to note that like these compounds are not just complete foreign substances. They're found throughout many forms of plant life. Our body produces them. And all we're doing is, you know, being able to 
support the body systems um, by delivering more to the body. Got it. Quick little interrupt here and don't fast forward because you will love this free thing. I have compiled a list, a free list, which you can download at partyinmyplants.com slash book list. One word, book list. That contains every single book recommended by or written by the guests of my podcast over the past three years. I wanted to make it easy as apple pie for you to eat up the words from all of the books that my guests over the past 150 episodes have said will inspire you in some awesome way. So I made you this free list with all of them. Go snag it at partyinmyplants.com slash book list and get your eyes feasting on healthy for your head stuff or listen to the audiobook so you can get your ears feasting on it too. Your ears absorbing it, right? Okay. Anyway, again, the list is at partyinmyplants.com slash book list. Did I mention it's free? And you know, I've heard so many people say, oh, I tried CBD gummy or CBD XYZ and I didn't feel any different. So I'm not into it. Now, my understanding is that CBD is something that you take on a routine basis to over time, like, you know, compound in your body and improve, like you said, your stress, anxiety, pain, and inflammation. Is that correct? Yeah. So I like to equate any sort of plant medicine, which I would put, you know, hemp into that category as a practice. And if you were to go to, you know, a Chinese herbalist, someone Mm -hmm. who practices TCM, they'd be like, here's this bag of, you know, nasty smelling stuff and taste it. Exactly. Take (laughs) it it three times a day for the next 12 weeks. And gag. (laughs) Right. Like take, mix it with warm water three times a day, next 12 weeks. Like it takes time. Right. Um, the parallel that I like to draw is that it's like any practice. It's like Mm -hmm. yoga. It's like meditation. It's like eating your vegetables. If I meditate every now and then, yeah, sure, maybe I feel good about myself because I did it. But the real profound shift happens when I commit to that as a part of my daily experience. And that's when it's like, oh my God, I really noticed something. And you're absolutely right. It's the throughout time, this builds up in your system and, and sort of the efficacy and effects become more and more profound. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it doesn't actually trail off the more that you use it. Um, it just becomes more and more beneficial, but yeah, it's important to regiment with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a, a critical piece of the puzzle. And when people are like, oh, well, I tried it once and it didn't work. It's like, okay, well, was it isolate? Was it full spectrum? Was it broad spectrum? Did you just swallow it? Was it a capsule? Did you hold it under your tongue for 30 seconds? Did you vape it? Did you rub it on your, like on your elbow? What was the concentration of it? How much did you take? Oh like, my God. <laughs> like there's, there's so many factors that go into really understanding like why someone may or may not have had an effect, quote unquote. Well, but I the whole think, idea is like, yeah. this shouldn't get you high. Like, well, that's what I was just going to say. And be like, oh my God, I feel something. It's like, right. if, maybe if you don't feel something, like it's good. I kind of, I kind of think of it as a thermostat. So like if the room's at 72 and I'm at 72, like, Rooms 72, thermostats at 72, all as well. Like you're probably not going to feel the air turn on. But as soon as, you know, someone lights a, a fire in the corner or it, it's freezing outside, that's when, you know, it clicks on and brings you back down to 72 or back up to 72. 
What another great analogy. You yeah, are so, rocking I mean, I, the analogies. Thank you, thank you. It's what I do. I'm the analogy guy. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. That should be in your bio. <laughs> analogy guy. Um, sure. <laughs> He's a whiz at I'm analogies. Down with that. that's, that's cool. But, but no, but I do think that like it's, it's important to know, right? Is that like. Totally. It is supposed to support your response to these different things. And so yes. personally, what I've noticed is that like over time, the experiences that were traditionally challenging to me. I do not have the same response to. Give an example. Give a real example. And also, yeah. A real example would be like, (laughs) I love you, mom, but would be like (laughs) my mom calling me, you know, three times in the middle of like a meeting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, instead of that becoming this really irking experience, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, hey, mom, you know, thank you so much for calling, but like, I'm actually a little busy right now. Right? Like. So you're saying it's, it's this. It helps you deal with your parents better. Wow, no, that's the title no. of this episode. <laughs> but I think like what I'm trying to say is that the things that maybe were traditionally challenging or triggering or, you know, that you would find to be stressful uh-huh. no longer present as stressful in the same way. Wow. And the shift that I've seen is like, oh, this thing is just happening. I can now choose to interact with it how I want instead of taking it as like, this is happening to me. And like, I am just having this response without much control or thought. And you're thinking you're, you're betting that the constant use of CBD is what's helping you with this. Yeah. I mean, I I think that like my, I think that there's a lot of things. I think that, you know, I am a big believer in all plants. So some of my favorite products are, uh, are capsules that incorporate other herbs. I love the be calm. I take that every day. Okay. Blend of albizia, I have bark, that. And flour. I can't open the jar. I tried so hard to open. My husband tried. He like, he came in. He's oh like, I God. can't do it. My Look at my That's hand. Crazy. We banged it. We ran it under hot water. I can't open the damn jar, but I needed, I was wow. very anxious this weekend. I'm like, I got to open this jar. That's so really funny. Maybe we should have a little meetup and you can open it. Dear, dear <laughs> listeners, most of our jars open. <laughs> you will have access to our product. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll find a way. <laughs> no, but what we'll actually about your product, I love that your droppers actually have measurements on them because I've seen a lot of these dropper products that are like, take half a dropper. And I'm like, I don't, do I go fill it to the top? Do I round? Like, I I don't love that ambiguity. It kind of adds stress to my point. I want to make sure I got it right. So I love that your droppers have measurements on them. Thanks. Yeah. The graduated dropper is, um, yeah, it's important to us, right? I mean, it it allows people to be a little more accurate, have a little bit more confidence in what they're taking. And then you can like cook with it or add it to things because you have an actual like measurement. For sure. For sure. Well, talk to yeah. me about cooking with CBD or using it, you know, in a latte or like how can yeah. you bring it into if you want to add it to your food? What are, what can you do? Totally. So I would say that the most efficacious way, the best way of actually getting the benefits of the product are going to be by holding the oils under your tongue. For okay, 30 yep. to 45 seconds. That was or a question a I had for you, which was why do we hold it under our tongue? Why do we do that? Yeah, sublingual, quote unquote, which is, you know, it's a great way. There's a lot of capillaries that will break through the blood brain barrier quicker okay. um, through that, that mucous membrane. Vaping is also really effective, but it comes on very strong and dissipates very quickly. So my favorite way is actually sublingual and, you know, in the mouth and holding it, you know, in, in under the tongue under or the like tongue. around your gums for, oh. for a certain amount of time. If you eat it and you incorporate it with food, it's going through your digestive system and through mm-hmm. your digestive tract. And so the efficacy is going to be a little bit lower. 
But what I found the most exciting thing, because obviously I'm a food guy, um, around, you know, quote unquote CBD cuisine or what, what have you mm-hmm. is cannabis cuisine is that it is a way of opening the conversation, having a dialogue about these compounds or these plants or these, you know, sort of mysteries to many people, but presenting it in a way that is arguably, you know, one of the most universal languages that we have that is absolutely accessible to anyone that is um, celebratory and, and familiar. And so, you know, we do a fair amount of dinners and, you know, education through food. To me, it's, it's an incredible opportunity to open the conversation and have a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, the, you know, the sole use is not to like get the benefit. Got now, it. I personally have, when I create food with these compounds, I look like what are the primary things I'm trying to accomplish? So let's break it into like both relaxing, right? Calming effects and anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So how do I let the recipes, how do I, how do I like what I'm putting on the plate and on the table? How does it help tell that story? So you know, do we create a blueberry lavender chamomile, you know, sorbet that has CBD in it? Because those are all really soothing, beautiful ingredients that speak to the calming attributes, right? And lavender and cannabis have, you know, they share a a few terpenes, but one of the the sort of predominant terpenes is linalool. And so there's there's a way of, you know, linking the two together. If I'm talking about the anti-inflammatory properties that cannabinoids have, can I create a sauce that speaks to that? Do we do like a, a turmeric, ginger, black pepper, tahini? Yum. Yes, we do do that. Right? That is like, <laughs> Please. That, right? but there's, there's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll open the jar and we'll make some tahini. Please. But the, um, but like, right. Like how do, how do we tell the story and how do we further, you know, educate and, and have dialogue about it? Very and, cool. you know, so much of what is incredible around the table is like, it's a space to have discourse. Like the connectivity, the conversation, like I would argue that some of the the coolest things ever have come from people sharing a meal around the table. Wow, the coolest things ever? It's a bold statement. Yeah, I mean, that's where like dialogue happens. <laughs> I know. You know, it's like you have a drink, you have food, and like you, you know, you give it. It's true. So I think like <laughs> so I think that like that's an exciting opportunity, right? And how do we like address all of the things that, you know, we've been talking about, right? So not only like what is the one oh one of this and how does this how does this matter and how do you like approach it as a consumer, mm-hmm. but how do we also support systems that will push this industry um in the right direction to allow for more access, to allow for more, you know, uh to address social justice, to address climate justice, to um make sure that we're stepping into growing uh in a way that's gonna be beneficial. Because yeah. This industry has been around for a long time, but right now is about to be explosive growth. And with that, I think there's an awesome opportunity and responsibility. I agree with the responsibility for sure. For sure. So what are some other plants that you people use in your products? Because I, you're very clear. You like that. You're very clear that you're Us not people? just a, yeah, <laughs> that you're not just a CBD company. You don't want to be known as just a CBD company. So what are the other plants that you yeah. like to highlight? So in that in that jar of yours, the Be Calm. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Okay? They're some of my favorites. So, uh, <laughs> we're going to get it open for you. The, um, so like Albizia bark and flower. Albizia is 
known as the tree of happiness in traditional Chinese medicine. It has very uplifting properties. Oh it's sort of prescribed when there's like deaths or grief going on. Where does it grow? Uh, it grows all over the place. Actually, a cousin of the mimosa tree. So you can find mimosas growing in, in New York and Brooklyn. I didn't but, know that was a tree. I don't um, the, I need to learn ori- more about trees. The origin is is, you know, in China. Okay. So Albizia bargain flower, amazing. Uh, another herb I'm really excited about is in our stay sharp capsules called Solostris. Solostris is a Ayurvedic herbal nootropic known as the intellect tree, the elixir of life. Like they're, they're, it's a very powerful, powerful herb. And in fact, it took me a very long time to source and to um, sort of procure. But, you know, those are a little bit more obscure. We're also, you know, working with like ginkgo, with rhodiola, which is uh, a pretty well-known energizing adaptogen with cordyceps, which is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 a mycelium. Yeah, exactly. Like a parasitic um, mushroom that has in- incredible health benefits, both for the mind and the body. Um what else? I mean, Cezandra berry, Bacopa. You have one with lots of, tu- with turmeric. So yeah, in our relief yeah. tincture, we, so all of our tinctures are very like cannabis heavy. They're, you know, really doubling down on other cannabinoids um, aside from CBD. So so yours is the full symphony, right? Exactly. Got so it. it's a full symphony, but CBD is definitely a highlight. B has their solo moment. So does a, a compound called CBC, which is cannabichromine and CBG cannabigerol, both of which are really beneficial for helping support our response to inflammation. We also add in a variety of terpenes. Um, terpenes are sort of the compounds that um, volatile like aromas, if you will, um, but they largely inform effect. And then we also have uh, turmeric oil, uh, ginger oil, and black pepper oil to help support the anti-inflammatory properties. And the key there is having both black pepper and turmeric because the combination of those two, uh, when you have a a peppering compound with turmeric or or curcumin, it accelerates the bioavailability by almost 2,000%. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah. Talk to me about lotions. There's a lot of CBD lotions. You sell one. I just rubbed it on my neck yesterday and my feet because they were both sore. It has what? (laughs) Peppermint in it? Yeah. So we have a salve, um, a plant balm is what we call it. Uh, It does have Indian peppermint, uh, marjoram, chamomile, uh, camphor, lavender, beeswax, uh, coconut oil, shea butter. But um, I think that the important thing to note with a topical for those of you who are listening and want to find an effective topical yes, is that please. it has, it actually has enough active compounds in it. So what I've noticed, uh, you know, obviously I'm lo- always looking at product, but, but a lot of the, the topical solutions out there just don't have much uh, CBD in them. So they're just like lotion with a little yeah, dab of CBD like, and they're like, selling on, it. It's not going to do anything. And so I think the important thing to remember is that 200 milligrams per ounce is really the cutoff for efficacy if you want, like if you're talking about like sort of a having it be really efficacious for like pain and stuff. So 200 okay. milligrams per ounce is going to provide enough concentration in the lotion that when you apply it to your skin, there's a concentration differential that's high enough, right? Meaning the, the difference between what's in the topical and what's on your skin, it's high enough that it will travel from high concentration to low concentration. Mm-hmm. 
and therefore it's actually effective. But if you have like a four ounce container with 15 milligrams of CBD, it's not going to do anything. Okay. I have two follow-ups on that. One, yeah. so for rubbing like a, a bomb or salt, what did you call it? Salve, 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 bomb? Yeah, whatever. salve, bomb. Salve, okay. Whatever, lo- rubbing stuff on yourself. Top. Yeah. Um, that I is not for like lowering your general anxiety or stress. That's for a topical like pain, right? And is someone supposed to feel relief from that right away? Or is that the type of thing where like I rub it on my sore neck for a week and like hopefully it helps? I mean, I would love if you rubbed it on your neck for a week. I, I think that, like, you know, there will be a more immediate effect because you're applying it directly to an area. Uh-huh. But, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's intended for a specific area, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's a topical application to, you know, my elbow or whatever, rather than saying, like, I'm going to consume something that's sort of helping soothe from the inside out. This is an outside-in approach. And so, got it, got it. I do think there, I mean, there are at least topically, I would say my perspective is that cannabinoids are very powerful anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, and I say that with like the asterisks and this is not a claim, but they show that as, as a very high potential. And so, um, it's, it is really beneficial for the skin and hemp seed oil, you know, is also really nourishing for the skin and found in a ton of mm. beauty products as well. That's but true. it's important to note that hemp seed oil does not contain CBD. Got it. So the hemp seed oil you buy in your grocery store to make dressing with is not the same thing as CBD. Exactly. Right. And now my other question was, could you just take a CBD tincture and add it to a lotion and then rub that on your body? Yeah, you absolutely could. Okay, cool. Hacking the system there. And now I'm just going to rapid fire random questions at you and then we could go. Um, What's a good dose for daily maintenance for a human, uh, for a human, for a person, for just like, you know, anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory, like, you know, that like thermostat analogy, like what's yeah. a good thermostat um, dose? So there isn't, uh, it's hard for me to give a answer that will be a one size fits all. Um, okay. I suggest people starting with 10 milligrams of a full spectrum product uh, under their tongue daily notice how that feels. Is it supportive? Is it not? Is it, you know, do you feel good? Do you not? Do you, does it not feel good? And if you feel like you need more, then add more. And if you feel like you need less, then take less, right? Okay. It's, it's definitely a process of listening to your body and having your own experience with it and bringing some awareness to it. There's not a prescription. Okay. So you can start with 10 milligrams and, and maybe do that for a week or two and see if you notice any difference. And if it's a good difference, keep it or add or, you know, really listen. Yeah. Got it. All right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, it's hard and it's hard. Like you're not going to really like overdo it. You know, I think the worst thing that happens if you like take way too much is maybe you'll get like a little bit of a headache and, you know, maybe feel tired, but you're not going to be like on a different planet. Right. right. (laughs) It's not, it's not the same thing as THC. Okay. Now I want to ask you my final planty questions, bringing it back to your 14-year-old self and beyond when you were in the restaurants. What is your favorite planty restaurant? You know, it's funny. I haven't really been going out to eat that much, which is like kind of sad, but um are you just is it just like do you feel that you can't turn off your working brain or you're just not interested, not healthy? <laughs> no. Like what is it? Cuz sometimes No, like, I've actually yeah. just been cooking at home a lot. It's been well, that's really great. great. 
That's I'll, awesome. I'll stay to the office, relay it, and then I'll just go home and make myself a really nice salad or, you know, some vegetables or whatever. So right now, my favorite plant restaurant is my own kitchen. But if I had to choose a venue, I think Butcher's Daughter does a really great job. They, mm-hmm. They've been a really great supporter of ours as well. Okay. So I, I, I appreciate them. All right. What's your favorite plant to eat? <laughs> Depends on the season. So my thing is like, at risk of sounding like a little bit of a hippie, like I really do love to eat with the seasons. And so oftentimes when it's hot and it's summer and like leafy greens are flourishing, I really think of like the energy that they embody as pretty expansive and, and sort of, uh, and sort of like light and reaching, reaching up. Um, and then in winter when root vegetables and are, are, are sort of doing their thing, I find the energy to be like much more grounding, which is sort of what I need um, in those seasons. So I do think that like, I don't, it's hard for me to say that if I have a favorite vegetable, just because it really depends on like where I'm at and what the context is. I can definitely tell you my favorite fruit is watermelon. hundred percent. I feel like it is the melon of the gods. I'm a big, big (laughs) fan and will eat it at any time, anywhere. But, um, I think that like the exciting thing about food is that it is a really low hanging fruit for us to make change. Uh-huh, so, nice. you know, eating season, like eating seasonally, eating locally, if you have the means to do so is, is a pretty sure way of being able to make a positive impact. That's great. So Easy. I try to just kind of like adhere to that, but yeah, I mean, I love like, I love leafy greens and I love melons and squash squash is really really great both summer and winter but particularly like fall and winter Mm, yes butternut squash heavenly heavenly okay what's the your favorite thing that you do for self-care so i have a checklist of like five things every day so it's taking care of my taking care of my mind do meditation i like to move my body and make sure I get a little bit of exercise. I always love to eat one nourishing meal a day, at least. I mean, I eat more than one meal, but <laughs> making sure one of those is like one pretty special to me nice. um, with intention. I always try to listen to some good music and feel the sunshine on my skin. Oh, So that's like great. that's my wellness practice. Like if I can do those five things, like take a deep breath and feel the sun listen to something delightful, eat something wonderful, uh, take care of my body and take care of my mind. Like that is a really successful day. Like those are the building blocks. And then anything over that on top of that is like a cherry. That's great. That's great. Okay. What's your most used kitchen tool? Uh, A knife. Nice. Easy enough. Or a spoon. I I would also, I would say a spoon. I'm going to say a spoon. All right. We'll retract the knife. We are retracting the knife, everyone. Saying a spoon. Yeah, All right. <laughs> what is a book that's inspired you in an awesome way? The first book that was really inspiring for me was it is The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Oh. I've I read it when things. I was in high school and it totally shifted my perspective. That's great. The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Well, on that note, where can people peacefully stay connected to you? Yeah, so Personally, my my Instagram is Gabe underscore Kennedy or Gabe Kennedy. It probably pops up. But more importantly, more importantly uh, plant people. Plant peeps. Plant people. Is, our website is www.plantpeople.co. Oh, why not C-O-M? C-O-M is owned by a 
45-year-old florist studio in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, my God. Did you try to buy it from them? Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. I'm sure. Oh, but, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, plantpeople.co and our, and our social channel is, is uh, Plant People on plant Instagram. People. And I love it. I really welcome, you know, any questions, comments. We are here to be a resource, whether it has to do with our products or not. Um, the more that we can share and the more that we can listen, uh, the better we all become. So, uh, welcome any, you know, any dialogue and, you know, support, um, and we're happy to support in any way that we can. So, so that includes opening my jar of VCOM. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. I got you. <laughs> Gabe, thank you so much for sharing your time and dropping the ABCs of CBD. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I hope you feel like you have a better grasp on this CBD thing. I sure do. Oh, and guess what? Speaking of grasp, the day after recording this podcast chat with Gabe, I went to visit my folks in Connecticut for the weekend, and I brought Plant People's B-Calm supplement that combines CBD with L-Thenine, which is one of my favorite chill-out supplements of all time. Plus, it has holy basil, ashwagandha, and albiza? Albizia? Not to be mistaken, I assume, with Ibiza? Anyway, my dad opened it. Ah, after me and Jesse tried for weeks, it just took a good bang-a-lang-lang on the coffee table for my superhero father to open it right up. Go him. Needed that be calm while visiting the fam. What? Hi, mom. Anyway, if you can think of another human who's hella confused about CBD, please share this episode with them. For a recap of this chat, more deets on freaking addictingly awesome Catalina Crunch cereal I can't get enough of, and a heck of a lot more that makes healthy living as fun as a party, head to the show notes at partyinmyplants.com slash 158.